Hi, this is Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast. Welcome to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. I used to produce and edit the Google Teacher Podcast, hosted by Matt Miller and Casey Bell. You can enjoy the podcast once again, and be sure to visit the new website, chrisnessy.com slash googleteacherpod. Please note that any of the show note links mentioned in the episodes are no longer valid, but if you go to chrisnessy.com, dot com slash Google Teacher Pod, you can search the archive and check out the show notes for each and every episode of the Google Teacher Podcast. Thank you for your continued support, and may the Googles be with you. I'm AJ Bianco, host of Reflect Ed, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Just like the show you're listening to now, shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to season five, y'all. We are in episode 120 of the Google Teacher Podcast, your source for the latest Google for Education news, tips, tricks, and ideas you can use in class tomorrow. I'm Casey Bell from Shake Up Learning. And I'm Matt Miller from Ditch That Textbook, and I am super excited to be back, back on the Google Woo-hoo! Teacher Podcast. I know, it has been so long. Release and the we're confetti. Still, yes, yes, absolutely. We're super, super excited, as you know, we have been since episode one. And so um, <laughs> in, in this episode today, we're going to be talking about all of those Google updates, you know, um, I don't know if you noticed or not, but there is a pandemic on and it's kind of thrown everything into a tizzy uh, in the education world. And, uh, you know, thankfully, Google has followed up with a bunch of updates to things to help us to do what we need to do. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about some of those big updates and some of the small ones that you might have missed. Um, so lots and lots of updates in this episode. We'll give you a couple of quick things from our blogs as well. So Casey, you ready to start this? Well, let's do this. Welcome to the Google Update Roundup. Y'all, you know, when we take the summer off, there are so many updates that happen and we got to catch everybody up with what's been going on with Google. There's a giant list. We had to whittle this down, y'all. And we want to give you the most important news and updates that we can, especially in this back to school season, this uh, year to beat all years, we can say the, the thing that we never thought we would find ourselves doing. Some of you are remote teaching and learning. Some of you are doing hybrid. Some of you are doing things that you never thought you would be doing. So we hope that these tools are going to help you and your students get through this period. Most of the updates came from the keyword blog and a post that was called the Anywhere School 50 Plus Google for Education Updates. Now, that post is fully loaded. There are tons of links and resources and even going back to the online conference that Google did this summer. So you definitely want to check that out. That link will be in our show notes at Google Teacher Podcast slash 120. But Matt's going to kick us off with some of the Google Meet updates. Y'all know that's my favorite word. Yeah, that's right. We're not talking about meats here, folks. It's not like sausages and hamburgers. 
we are doing the, yep, yep, that's right. It's the M-double-E-T, the Google Meet. So, you know, I'll, I'll bet that for so many of us that are using Google tools in the classroom, whether it's a face-to-face classroom or not, I'll bet that we are a lot more familiar with Google Meet than we were before. As we have continued to use it more and more and more in remote learning and in our hybrid learning environments, uh, there's been all of this feedback that's been coming to Google and all of these teachers are saying, and you may have been one of them, you know, clamoring for, we need this feature, we need this feature. Um, this one particular thing is invaluable and we can't do our jobs without it. And so I know Google has been scrambling to try to get as many of those updates to as many teachers as possible. And so they've kind of set some goals for when these things are going to roll out. So let's start with the September ones. And depending on, you know, your rollout schedule and your organization, some of these things may or may not have shown up yet. But uh, so they say in September, we'll kick off with a larger tiled view of up to 49 people and an integrated Jamboard whiteboard for collaboration. Now, we were doing a little a little digging on this, or I was doing a little digging on this, and I'm not convinced that the Jamboard app that you can use for free uh, by going to jamboard.google.com is necessarily going to like neatly, tightly integrate with Google Meet on your regular device. I'm thinking that, and again, you know, feel free to drop us a message and we'll clarify in the next episode, but don't be disappointed if you don't have perfect Jamboard integration with Google Meet, um, because I think that's something that may go with the hardware. So if you actually have a physical Jamboard, you know, the interactive display in your room, that may be where you have that. Of course, if you open up a web browser with Jamboard in it and you share your screen, then you know you're you're kind of doing something very similar. So um, another thing that they say is we'll also release new controls. So and this is the thing that so many of us have been begging for, and we're like, we cannot run classes without some of these things. So moderators can choose to always join first, to end meetings for all participants, to disable the end meet chat, and so much more. And I feel like. With so many of these things, um, I think we've learned a lot about what teaching and learning looks like with them. Um, for instance, so just for a couple of them, um, I found that whenever I have the large tile view, because it says, you know, you can get up to seven by seven. I don't know if you've ever tried to teach with all of your students all right in front of you, but I have a hard time sometimes trying to focus when I have all of those moving faces in front of me because I'm trying to figure out what everybody's doing and what the look is on their face and are they engaged and are they paying attention and is this resonating? And um, every once in a while, whenever I, whenever I, you know, present to a large group like that, I've got to just turn all 49 faces off and focus on what I'm doing and then maybe interact with them uh, in, an, in a different part. But um, that's one thing that I found on that. And then another thing related to all of this too, it talks about disabling the in-meet chat. And I know I've heard of a lot of teachers, Casey, I'll be curious to hear your take on this too. Um, I've heard a lot of teachers talking about how they want to disable that chat and how they want to, you know, they say, oh, it's just a distraction. Oh, the kids just get in there and they just mess around on it. And it makes me go, yeah, but... Uh, and I know that there are times when, you know, probably where that is the best thing. But I also want to make that available as an option to say, you know, this is a part of class whenever we do this over a video call and that there are ways to set up expectations and there are ways to use it 
And so instead of just saying, I'm going to shut that down, I'm just going to shut that down. I'm not going to use it. It's too much of a hassle. It's like, let's set up a classroom atmosphere, a classroom culture whenever possible uh, to make the most of that. Uh, Because there are some times where interacting with kids over the chat is more efficient. There are some times where um, it makes more sense to to interact with kids over the chat. So I see where some of those are coming from. um, But I also know that, you know, there, there are times when I think you want to be judicious about using some of those September updates. And I do think some of this is a mindset. I think some of this is the control, lock everything down mindset. Um, Mm -hmm. And not necessarily that teachers realize they have this mindset, but the ones who ask us how to disable the chat everywhere, the ones who ask us how to lock down all the tabs so kids can't look up answers, the ones who ask us to forget that we live in the 21st century and make class work the way that it did face-to-face 100 years ago. And that's not the world that we live in anymore. And I think that's part of making this shift, the opportunity that we have before us to make this shift to more dynamic learning where kids can interact. And you know what? We can learn how to make use of these features to do things that we couldn't do before. And I think that's part of that shift. We're still trying to substitute. And instead of seeing all the advantages that some of these features will give us. Now, don't get me wrong. I taught middle school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know exactly what those kids are doing on chat. Mm -hmm. But I also know there is room for other things. There's room for modeling. Um, And one thing I do know about that particular feature is that teachers can, if you disable it, teachers can still use it to post things. So we're not completely forgetting about it, but it might give you the bridge to model that appropriate use. Because guess what's happening right now? My niece who is in college right now, she is in a Zoom classroom and she's having to learn how to appropriately use these things. People who are working from home right now are having to learn how to do these things. So I'm not saying that a kindergartner is really appropriate for this, but eventually, especially with these older students, we have to take that step forward to help them learn how to use it for Mm -hmm. learning and for communication and collaboration. And of course, I feel like Google's number one feature is collaboration. And when we try to lock that piece down, all we're doing is putting our paper on a screen. And um, I just got on a huge soapbox that I didn't intend Mm. to. I told Matt Mm. I wasn't going to have any reactions. And then I didn't know know where he was going. (laughs) So, um, and back to the Jamboard thing, I secretly think, I don't secretly, I guess, because I'm saying it, that, um, that they're they're going to integrate the the web version. I I feel like there's going to be a button. And maybe I've missed it. Maybe they've announced it somewhere. But I have high hopes because I feel like Jamboard is one of those tools teachers are really beginning to embrace more in yeah. this environment. And I feel like it will be a great integration um, in that space. So yeah, um, Google Meet getting some much needed updates, and um, I think there's a few more still yet to talk about. Yes, that's right. So let's kind of bundle all of these upcoming ones all together. So it says, in October, we'll launch custom and blurred backgrounds to provide some extra privacy. So you'll get those custom backgrounds where you can upload your own image and then you can just blur backgrounds. Uh, It says, breakout rooms and attendance tracking will be launching for all Google Enterprise for Education customers. So if you just gasped, if you just went, breakout rooms. If you don't have enterprise for education, then you may not be getting that. 
Yeah, exactly. That's the that's the premium feature that your school has to opt in for 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 more money. Pay so for, yeah, this yeah. this is a this is a big misconception. Sometimes people will go, "Oh, Google Meet's getting breakout rooms." Yeah, but this is like the premium version. You know how there's freemium stuff. There's stuff that's free and stuff that's premium. This is the premium one. So just you know, be be prepared for that. Let's let's get these other ones knocked out and let's talk about them. Um. It says later this year, and of course, this is you know sort of murky waters that we're going into. We don't know when later this year is going to be, but Ooh. it says, yeah, it says we're rolling out hand raising for all customers. That's everybody, and <clears throat> Q and A and polling for G Suite Enterprise for Education. So Q and A and polling are coming for the the premium versions, and it says. Plus, we'll launch a new temporary recordings feature, which will be available to all education customers for free. Premium recordings will still be part of G Suite Enterprise for Education. So at least, you know, if you've been one of those schools that has opted into the um, the premium enterprise features, because remember, those were made available during, uh, you know, pandemic era teaching, uh, whenever all of the remote learning started happening Google made uh, Enterprise for Education available through the end of September. That deadline is still in place. And so a lot of those enterprise features that some schools are using in a big way, um, those are only going to be available through September. But it sounds like, you know, Google's going to make a temporary recordings feature available, which to me sounds like, and I'm honestly, you know, I don't, I haven't researched this beyond the scope of this article, but it sounds to me like it's something where you can make a recording and then you can download it um, so that, you know, you have that, that recording and then you could go stick it in your drive. You could go stick it in YouTube or whatever. So... Lots of things here. I think it's a special link. The temporary. Yeah, I I know I read that somewhere else. But um, yeah, the temporary thing I'm pretty sure is going to be like they give you a link and it's it it kind of like self-destructs after a certain yeah. amount of time. So gotcha. uh, I, I I think I may be remembering that wrong and I'm not going to look it up. So y'all are just going to deal with yes. it. But I think that's it. Yeah. And if you remember, I, I don't know how many, a couple of years ago, I guess when Enterprise was introduced, I was pretty bummed out because I had a feeling this was coming. And I mm-hmm. don't like um, that so many of the features that teachers need right now are going to be in that paid version. And they are repeating now that that September 30th um, end date is legit. Cause I even said, Oh, I bet they're going to extend it. Cause nobody expected it to last this long. Well, I'm taking that back. I think, I think they're sticking to their guns. And if you are using some of these premium features right now and your school is not paying for G suite enterprise, on September 30th, those features are going to end for you and you need to have a backup plan. So mm-hmm. um, I don't like it, but that's that's what it what it is right now, I believe. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Um, now, as far as these upcoming features, um, you know, I'm looking I'm looking at some of these and, um, you know, the breakout rooms, for instance. No, before I get to the breakout rooms, let's talk about the custom and blurred backgrounds. Um I have noticed so much conversation and there there's arguments to be made on every side of this, but I've seen so much conversation about the camera when it comes to video calls. Whenever you're on a whole group video call, you, you've got kids who won't turn on their cameras or 
that, you know, maybe turn on their camera and they point it at the ceiling or, you know, something like that. And the teachers, uh, you know, some of them will say, hey, it's accountability so that I know that they're there, uh, yada, yada, yada. But one of the things that I think I finally come to when it comes to all of this is that whenever we do a video call with kids from their home, it's almost like we're inviting ourselves into this private sacred space that they have, which is their home. And having a background where you never know exactly what's going to happen or having to show some of that personal space to the entire class is it, it can be kind of a private thing. And so the reason I bring this up now is that if you do have the custom backgrounds and the blurred backgrounds, I think that helps. You know, that, that does, um, if you can't get to a place where, um, you know, it's, it's like a private space for you to do synchronous learning, then at least the custom backgrounds and the blurred backgrounds kind of help. So, you know, I think that's, that's a step in the right direction anyway, when it comes to that. Yeah. And as far as all the, the other ones go, you know, I've seen with breakout rooms, I've seen, you know, what are they like add-ons or extensions or something floating around about doing breakout rooms, but I've kind of seen hit and miss uh, responses about that. Hopefully that's one of those, th- I don't know. It would be really nice to see that, especially since, you know, Zoom is a big competitor to Google Meet, obviously, and breakout rooms are a big part of Zoom. It would be really nice to see that come to um, G Suite, but you know, yeah, I guess, I guess you can't get everything that you asked for. Not in one t- not in one fail swoop, at least. No. But we they've added so much since this all started. They really did scramble to update Meet and Classroom to address, uh, I think, a lot of the needs that we've had um, with all of the school closures and the remote learning situation. So I'm going to shift gears and start talking about classroom updates. So I have to say, I feel like we didn't get a whole lot like when when you hear these these are kind of minor updates but i think i'm happy about that (laughs) it it couldn't be at all because it would mean i would have to update every resource i've ever created but because teachers are just now getting comfortable and it's always been a problem that google rolls out these updates in september when so many schools have already started and then then suddenly everything changes. So um, I, I feel like we've had a slow roll of updates with Classroom, and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. But here's what they introduced. There is a new to-do widget on the classes page that will help students see what's coming up. So students will now be able to see when they go to their main menu, a to-do widget, and they'll see for every class what's missing and what's been graded in, in one location. So that is a little a little bit of a minor update, but it, it can be very useful, especially for our older students. The other thing that I just created a video on is super simple. Um, you can now invite students to your Google class with a link. You don't have hmm. to give them the code and then give them the directions or go in and type all their email addresses. You can just give them a link. They click on the link and they can join. So I was really excited because that's so much easier. And I think it's going to be easier on a lot of us who do this with PD and have to invite people outside of our domains into this. Mm -hmm. So it's super easy to do. If you haven't checked this out, when you go to your main page, classroom.google.com, and you have your little cards for each of your classes, you'll see the three dots under the three dots 
invite link. If you don't see that link, you need to go into your settings and make sure it's enabled. So it is a setting inside your class. So if you don't see it, don't say, Casey, it's not there. Go into your, your settings and make sure it's been enabled. The um, the other things that they've added, which a lot of you may need this, so I don't mean to say it's not a big deal, but they're going to make Classroom available in 10 more languages. So it's now going to be available in a total of 54 different languages. I think that's pretty impressive, mm-hmm. right, Mr. Spanish? Yeah, CC. That's <laughs> Having that. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, the other things have to do with Enterprise. Uh some of you may have it, so I still want to hit on these just in case. Um, one thing that a lot of teachers have been asking questions about are originality reports. Just great. As an English teacher, I would have loved to have had this feature with my students. Being able to see if what they wrote was original work or did they plagiarize anything. And that's fantastic. But Previously, you could only do three originality reports for free, which that pretty much sinks any teacher. I don't know about you, but I had about 150 kids every year. So it really wouldn't even be worth the effort for just three of my students. They've upped that to five. I don't know if that's a big deal. It doesn't seem like it to me, but they went from three to five. If you have G Suite Enterprise, you'll be able to do more and see matches for potential plagiarism, not just against web pages, but between student submissions. So Mm. if, you know, the little little sister submitted something the big sister did last year. Hopefully it's going to catch that. I love that. I want everybody to have that. Yeah. But, you know, I, I kind of have conflicting opinions about that too. Cause you know, um, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm very, very conflicted when it comes to this. Cause see, I'm one of those people that believes that, you know, it's, it's nice to have things available for free, but if something is really worth having, maybe it's worth it to invest in it. But see, then on the other side of that argument, I could say, yeah, but Google is this enormous, enormous organization that makes most of its money off of search, off of ads. And so if, you know, if that's the case and they're able to run their corporation just fine, why are they trying to, you know, so-called nickel and dime teachers? Um, I I don't know. I don't know. I kind of go back and forth on all of that. Um, But one thing that I did want to want to mention was I like the idea of this to do widget. And like you said, I don't think that this is, you know, like a, a game changer type of thing, but I think it starts to take Google Classroom in one small direction that I think it really needs to. And that is an all in one place type of concept. Because it's so easy to get your Google classes or your classes in Google Classroom um, as sort of like silos. Now, your calendar goes in the right direction, I think, when it comes to that, um, because, you know, everything kind of gets pulled together in the calendar and that's good. Uh, if you have the mobile app, then you can get push notifications from all of your classes, which, again, makes it a little more of an all in one place. But I feel like that's one thing that some of the learning management systems have on Google Classroom and an um I think that's one step in, you know, Google Classroom isn't a full-fledged learning management system. It's not supposed to be. But I think as far as the one-stop shop where you can go one place and see all of the outstanding stuff that that needs to be done, I think that's definitely one direction 
that Google Classroom could certainly go. And so I'm super curious to hear, you know, if your students are using this to-do widget and if they think that it's been helpful, if they're like, eh, I could take it or leave it. Um, I'm super curious to hear uh, about that. So definitely go to uh, googleteacherpodcast.com and leave us some feedback and let us know what you think about that as well as any of these updates. We're super curious to hear what you all have to say about that. Yeah, it is an interesting situation. So, um, you know, the teachers have kind of had that type of widget for all of their classes for a long time. So I think the the difference here is now giving students uh, more of a global view, which is, is great. There is another update to Enterprise that is, is something you may want. Like Matt said, it may be worth paying for. And this is going to give you greater visibility into classroom usage. Now, this is going to be at the Google admin level, being able to see the usage inside Google Classroom. Teachers have been asking me this since March. How do I know what they've done? How much time they've spent? Where is all this information, this engagement information? And so they'll be able to see active classes, measure feature adoption, monitor teacher and student engagement. I don't know how they measure that. Honestly, I'm still kind of wondering how yeah. that could be measured, but I like that they're at least trying. So that will be an enterprise feature. And um, additionally, they've had some syncing with gradebooks for a while, and now they're making it easier to sync your grades and push your student information system, uh, starting with Infinite Campus. So if you're using Infinite Campus, this applies to you. This is really kind of specialized, but um, they're working to make it more seamless. And Matt, honestly, I think they are trying to turn this into an LMS now. I don't think it mm -hmm. started out that, but I think with the features that they've been adding and really, frankly, the demand that has been put upon this system that we are headed um, into making it more of a robust learning management system. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I think you're right. And, you know, you think about the features that teachers would request. I think some of them are those full-fledged learning management system types of features. And we, we all know that Google listens to its users and it takes that feedback very seriously. So if that's where they're asking them to go, that's probably the direction that they're going. So there you have it. Lots of meat updates, lots of classroom updates. We can start to see these products sort of shifting in front of our eyes to become what many of us have been hoping for. Even if we're not getting all of the features as fast or as completely as we would have liked, uh, we can definitely see some of those changes. And so uh, if you want to check up on any of those or read more about them, you can, of course, go to our show notes at googleteacherpodcast.com slash 120. Okay, we don't have time to jump into the mailbag. <laughs> we, we haven't jumped into a mailbag in so long, so y'all are going to have to wait until the next episode. But we are social distancing, though, Casey. Oh, social yeah. distancing <laughs> from the mailbag. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. right. Okay, I'll wear my mask. The yeah. uh, the blogosphere has, of course, had tons of updates since the last time we shared with our audience. So shake up learning and ditch that textbook. We've had tons of resources. And I know you and I have both just been trying to create and share as much as we can to help specifically with the situation that we find ourselves in this year. I tried to, you know, get my list down here to just a couple of, of the later important ones. 
I had a really fun guest post from Mike Muhammad, who you may know as Mo Physics on Twitter. And Mike had a really fun project that he did with his high school physics students. And it's not what you would ever expect from a high school physics teacher. His students created children's storybooks using Google Slides and inserting audio to narrate and make them read along storybooks. So they created stories about physics or included physics in the narrative in some way to teach physics to another kindergarten class in their school district. So these books were then shared with the kinder class. Oh, so cute. He even shared a couple of the flip grids from the kindergartners who had read the books. They're so cute. So y'all, you got to check it out. And it's a great use of Google Slides and that insert audio feature. The other post that I just got up today was actually an interview with who I just call the flip gridders. I've told them I didn't know if that's what you call people who work at Flipgrid, but that's what I'm calling them. So I talked to Anne, Jornay, and Jess about everything that's been going on at Flipgrid. And there's so much great stuff, y'all. Flipgrid has been a go-to remote learning tool. And that's why I wanted to talk to them. So if you haven't checked that out, there's so many fun things you can do with uh, Flipgrid. And I know Matt loves Flipgrid as well. So mm-hmm. the last thing, just a quick reminder, I have another book study of the Shake Up Learning book that starts on October 1st. So you can go to shakeuplearning.com slash bookstudy. It's completely free if you want to join me. That sounds great. Um, so a couple of quick things from Ditch That Textbook. I uh, just recently published a post called How to Use Jamboard in the Classroom, 20 plus tips and tricks. And so what, what I love about this is that it also includes a whole bunch of downloadable templates. So, you know, you love downloadable templates, you know, the stuff where you can just go file, make a copy of it, and then just assign it straight to your students. So uh, you can learn all about how to use Jamboard and then actually get started with some some templates there. And then I did a post recently called the unboxing video. I don't know if you've ever seen these on YouTube before, but sometimes whenever someone gets like a new cell phone or makeup or a new toy or all sorts of things, if it comes in a box, sometimes YouTubers will fire up their camera and they will take a video of them unboxing it. So you get to see the packaging and you get to see, you know, what the different parts are and you get to see their reaction to it and everything. And I thought, you know, this is, this is sort of in line with my new book, Tech Like a Pirate, which is all about, you know, making learning a memorable experience. And I thought, how cool would that be as a, a demonstration of understanding? And so making these academic unboxing videos where kids are, you know, maybe unboxing different articles, um, you know, different items that relate to whatever it is that you're studying. Um, you could, identify who sent the box and who's receiving the box and what they're going to do after they get the box and what the significance is of all of the things inside of it. There's lots of different directions you can go with that. Super, super fun. And it's been really neat to see some of the teachers that have been using it in their classes and some of the examples that they've had. So um, all of that is available as well. So if you want to go check out any of those posts, it's super easy to get to them at our show notes at googleteacherpodcast.com slash 120. Season five has started. Episode 120 is complete. Uh, We did want to make a quick announcement about the podcast. Casey and I have decided that in this season, we're going to dial it back just a little bit. We're going to go back to publishing podcasts every other week instead of every week. 
And I want to give a huge shout out to Tammy Morris. She messaged me on Twitter and said that she had binged every single episode of the Google Teacher podcast, and she started in May. So forget Netflix, y'all. We still got 119 episodes you can go back to. There is plenty to keep you busy. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on the next episode of the Google Teacher podcast. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Google Teacher Podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts and by visiting our website, googleteacherpodcast.com. Join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag GTPod. Until next time, keep harnessing that G Suite power and may the Googles be with you. Thank you once again for listening to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. For the latest on Matt Miller, be sure to visit his website, ditchthattextbook.com. For the latest on Casey Bell, be sure to visit her website, shakeuplearning.com. And to keep up with me and get the latest in education technology, be sure to visit my website, chrisnessy.com. And I invite you to listen to the House of EdTech Podcast.